Welcome to PHT in the Morning with your host, Pastor David Miller from the Pentecostal Holiness Tabernacle in Cincinnati, Ohio. Good morning and welcome to another episode of PHT in the Morning with Pastor David Miller. I'm Pastor Miller, so I'll be your host today. And we're got some we have some great verses that I'd like to uh uh discuss with you and talk to you about today, starting in First Corinthians chapter number thirteen and verse number four. And I'm just gonna talk about uh, some things today on how to have a successful marriage, some things to help you to have a successful marriage. Now, we're going to look at verse number four in 1 Corinthians 13, and that verse says, charity, or charity means love, charity suffereth long, and is kind, charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and charity endureth all things. So now in these uh, uh, verses, we know this is talking about the church at Corinth and how they should have a love for each other. But if we could take these scriptures here and apply them to our marriages, I feel like they will be a great benefit to every marriage. Let me first of all start out by saying, of course, like we already said, charity means love. And in the Greek, there are four different words that's used for love, four different words. And I'll, I'll go through them with you here quickly. Uh, first of all, uh, there is a Greek word for love, and it's called, it is called storage. S-T-O-R-G-E, pronounced storage. And that word for love or storage love means kinship or friendship or kinship between family members. So that would be how uh, you would feel towards your brothers and sisters or even a maternal love between mom and dad and so on. And there is a, another Greek word called philia. And that word philia for love means friendship or a, a platonic relationship uh, between friends or uh, other people. So that's the love that you would feel for your friends. Uh, the other one is towards your, your kinship or your family. And then there is another one that's called Eros. Eros, pronounced that way, is spelled E-R-O-S. And Eros means a romantic desire 
or a romantic relationship between a man and a woman. So this is how uh, that you would feel love towards your husband or your uh, wife. And <clears throat> excuse me here. There's one more, and that's called agape love. Agape love is the love or the relationship between Christ and his church. And that would be like a self-empty, self-emptying or a divine love that Christ has toward his people. Or also, agape love could be turned and say it's a love you have for the Lord or for Christ. And the self-emptying uh, desire that you have for Jesus. So now, <clears throat> we know these four types of love that we said are mentioned here uh, in the Greek, and these are four Greek words for that. And uh, usually when you hear uh, the word love talked about scripturally, you're going to hear about agape love. The love God has for you or for other Christians or even for a lost and dying world or your love that you have toward him. But if we could just talk to you a moment today about this other Greek word or uh, the word eros and that romantic love or romantic desire uh, for a relationship or a relationship between a man and a woman or a husband and a wife. So if we could compare these today, and that's what I'm going to attempt to do, is to compare this, this Eros type of love with these verses. Now, we look at this uh, in comparison and if you would uh, look at these with me, I want to start, first of all, in verse number four. And that verse says in verse number four, charity, or I'm going to use the word love in all cases where it mentions charity here. So love suffereth long. So if you want to have a great marriage or a successful marriage, these are simple but great truths that will help you. Matter of fact, if you know a, a couple, a married couple that's struggling, you need to tell them about this particular podcast, this particular um, day on PHT in the morning, and let them listen to this. But charity suffereth long. What that means is to be patient or concerned about uh, the other person in the relationship's welfare without yielding to weariness. So to be able to suffer long. So uh, husband or wife, whatever the case is, you want to have a really good marriage, learn to have patience and uh, learn to have a, a concern, a genuine concern about your partner, your person, your mate, be it husband or wife. Be concerned about not just your welfare, but their welfare. You can do that. Your suffering long is to be patient 
and uh, without yielding to weariness. So even though you may get weary while you're trying to be patient, don't give in to uh, the weariness or the thinking, man, I've, you know, I've, I've suffered a long, long time, but be patient with your mate if you want a good marriage. The second one in that fourth verse is this. It says, and is kind. So to be kind also means to be tender. Now, I want to I say this. That word tender is not just have a tender heart or not to be tender only in heart, but to be tender in your actions toward your uh, spouse or to be tender also in your speech. So if you're going to really be kind and you want a good marriage, be able to suffer long, but be kind or tender. Be tender-hearted with them. Don't be hard-hearted with your spouse and with your actions and in your speech. You know, a lot of times people may not do anything physically to their spouse, but with their words and their speech, they can be very cruel. And this can cause a real problem in your uh, marital relationship. So learn to be kind. Also, the Bible says, next uh, charity or love envieth not. So, I'm trying to break these down for you. A lot of this you already know, but if you'll really take a few moments and listen to this, maybe you ought to go back and listen to this twice. So, envieth not. In other words, don't be jealous of your mates or your spouse's accomplishments. You know, a lot of time, a husband may... Uh, want that wife to be happy and thrilled about his accomplishments, but they they don't show that same joy or happiness for their spouse's accomplishments. So don't be jealous. Don't envy uh, your wife's or husband, whatever the case, their accomplishments. Be excited for them. Be thrilled for them. The next one says, it vaunteth not itself. So, love <clears throat> vaunteth not itself. You know what that means? Don't be boastful. Don't be full of pride about your achievements. And in the process, begin to put other people down or look down on their accomplishments when they might not be uh, as great as yours, or you may not feel like their accomplishments was as great as yours. But love does not vaunt itself. It does not boast. You're not full of pride with those things. You want, you want to get along good. You want to have a great marriage. You want to have a successful marriage. These things would help you so much. Don't be boastful or prideful when it comes to your spouse. The next one says, and is not puffed up. Also, 
This means not to be proud, but there's another meaning to this word puffed up. It says, be, don't be unapproachable, but rather be approachable. Look, if you are a married person, listen to me, and your husband or wife, whichever the case is, doesn't feel like you're approachable and they can't come to you when they uh, are going through something or facing something, then it's, it, it's going to be a long day some days when they feel like they wish you were. So don't be puffed up. Don't be so proud that you're not approachable. Also, that word means don't be overbearing. <clears throat> I've got to be careful with this one. But have you ever thought that? You don't go to your wife or her husband and say, man, Pastor Miller really was teaching good today. He's telling about how overbearing you are. Don't do that. But do this. If you feel like there's times you've been overbearing with your spouse, try to do better. Don't be arrogant. Don't be overbearing. And learn to be approachable. The next one says, doth not... Behave itself unseemly. In other words, don't be rude. You know, if, you know, these things, uh, as simple as they are, they're quite, uh, they're quite powerful. Don't act unseemly. Don't behave unseemly. Don't be rude. But rather, do the opposite. Be courteous and be polite in your actions and in your speech. You know, if you're going to be courteous and polite to everyone else you see, people at work, people in the church, friends, family, but yet you're arrogant and not very polite with your husband or wife, whichever the case, then that's that's not being a very good uh spouse to your partner. Amen. The Bible is teaching you here to not behave like that. Be courteous with your spouse. Be polite in your speech. It's not going to kill you to be polite to your spouse. You want to have a good successful marriage? Learn to be polite and courteous. Seeketh not her own is the next one. Seeketh not her own. In other words, don't be selfish. Do you know there's a lot of uh, marriages, and I've had to talk to a lot of married couples that was having lots of problems, and this has been a big one because selfishness on on one part of one of the parties would cause a lot of problems. Don't be selfish with your spouse. Matter of fact, you know, I, I, I love my wife. We got married at a very young age and we've been married many, many, many years. And I don't want to be selfish, but I want to prefer my wife. I would rather her have something than me to have something. I'm, I'm thrilled when something good happens to her. I don't want to. I don't want to be selfish, and if you are, you might have problems in your marriage. So, 
seeketh not her own, don't be selfish. These are simple verses here from uh, 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4, ending at verse 7, just those few verses. But how powerful. Don't, it doesn't seek its own. It's not selfish. Be concerned about their desires, even if sometimes their desires are costly. Be concerned. The next one said, not easily provoked. And I know this could be for ladies too, but especially some of you men, listen up. You should not be easily provoked with anyone, but especially with your spouse. Watch your temper. Be slow to express your disappointments. I don't know how many times that I've seen great divisions and problems come in a marriage between a man and a wife for this very one right here because of one of the parties having a terrible temper and sometimes both of them having a terrible temper. The next one said, thinketh no evil. So, look, if, if your uh, spouse had had failures in their past, before you met, before you married them, or even after you married them. I want you to, I want you to really look at, at this one. Thinketh no evil. What are we talking about here, Pastor Miller? Well, you need to quit bringing up the failures and shortcomings of your spouse to them. You know what? If God's forgiven them and you say you did, how come every time a problem comes along, you bring it back up. Look, if you've got records, and I'm talking about in your mind, don't keep records of wrongdoings of your spouse. Don't do it. Think no evil. Forget about those things. They're over. They're done. They're in the past. God forgave them. You said you did. So don't think evil or get rid of the records don't hold a grudge. You hold a grudge, you're going to have a rough time in your marriage. The next one said, rejoices not in iniquity. So don't, don't gloat over the failures or shortcomings of your spouse. My goodness, you know what? If your spouse fails or they have a shortcoming or they even uh, would sin, you should love them, pray for them and have mercy on them. <clears throat> the next one said, rejoiceth in the truth. So, be happy when good things are revealed about your mate. Something good is said about them, don't say, you don't know them like I do. Don't do that. Don't say, well, I've done more than they did. So, rejoice in the truth about your mate. Now, I know this is talking to the church at Corinth, but I'm trying to draw a comparison between this agape love and that eros love, between a, a husband and a wife. So be happy for your spouse if something good is talked about or revealed about them. We're going to get in some real good ones now. We're coming to the end here. The next one said, beareth all things. And I got to be careful. I want to say this just right because when it goes online, it's on there forever. So 
beareth all things. Be willing to, and for lack of a better way to say it, be willing to put up with some things that gets on your nerves. I'm not going to sit here and say that your spouse will never get on your nerves. I'm sure I've got on my wife's nerves. And she's sitting looking at me this morning. And and uh, I'll just tell you, she's probably got on my nerves a couple times. But you know what? We need to, to not throw in the towel because they get on our nerves. Not start a fight because they've got on our nerves a little bit. Beareth all things. Be willing to bear some things. Take some things. The next one is believeth all things. In other words, you need to be quick or eager to put faith and trust and believe in your spouse. Be quick to believe. Be eager to believe it. Yes, believe all things. So, you know what? Uh, if you go around all the time and, and everything, your husband or wife, whichever the case is, says you, I don't believe it. I've heard them before, a husband say to the wife, I love you, I don't believe it. Or a wife, or vice versa, and they'll say, that's what you say. You say you do. Well, we need to be quick to believe those things. The next one is, hopeth all things. So, rather than concluding that failure is inevitable, have a little hope in your spouse. They're your person. They're the one you chose to go through life and take a journey through life with. So, hope have hope in your spouse. Don't say, looks like they're a failure. It's inevitable. Have a little hope. Show a little hope in them. I've seen some young couples that have, have, have expressed and shown this more than sometimes even in older couples. But have a little hope in your partner. The next one and last one, endureth all things. I love this one. Do you want a successful marriage? Then apply this uh, agape love, um, enduring all things to the eros love. In other words, your marriage and endure all things. In other words, don't allow yourself to get overcome throughout the ups and downs, the problems and the successes of your marriage. Don't do it. But, Persevere, be steadfast, even through the most difficult times. Be steadfast and endure all things. And lastly, I want to say this. Continue to the best of your ability to keep falling in love with your spouse every day. I truly can say this. I'm not saying it just to be talking. I think I love my wife more today than I ever have in my life. Learn to keep falling in love. Tell them, tell them sometimes that you love them. Let them know that from time to time. So today, I really 
have enjoyed talking with you. I've been talking way too long. This has been a very long podcast, but thank you for listening. And I hope you have a great day. And I pray that everyone's marriage out there is successful. God bless you. Thank you.